I've got an angel He doesn't wear any wings He wears a heart that can melt my own He wears a smile that can make me wanna sing We're really about getting people together and having a really good time while doing things that connect people with nature, such as, you know, having an adventure, going out on a boat, going out to Great Barrier Island. A big part of that for a lot of the people that turned up to our first event was not necessarily the fact that they were going to a beach cleanup. It was the fact that they were going on this awesome adventure and they just so happened to be cleaning up the beach and doing something really good for the environment while they were at it. That was Cannon Howard. This is Dug It, the podcast. Seen it with my own eyes You gotta be careful when you got good love Cause the angels will just keep on multiplying But you're so busy changing the world Just one smile and you could change all of Welcome to Dug It! Episode 5 with a world changer, Camden Howitt, and a man with a smile, me. <laughs> I hope you like that little Jack Johnson segue. Um, so Camden is the general manager and communications director for the multi-award winning, uh, very talented team at the charity Sustainable Coastlines. Um, he, uh, in his spare time, he also shoots photos, writes, designs websites, surfs, spearfishes, creates infographs, does brand strategy, a whole lot of things. He's even got his own little agency called Whale Shark Creative. Um, and uh, and he finds time to fit fit little chats in and cups of coffee, uh, eight thirty coffee. That's one of their sponsors with me. Um, and it's actually quite interesting. Uh, for those who don't know about Sustainable Coastlines, they're, uh, Cam sums it up in the podcast that, that they're about inspiring people, healthy waters and beautiful beaches. Um, that's their vision, but it is so much more than that. Knowing Cam for a little while now, I reached out to these guys when I had an exhibit called World's Edge a year or two ago, and um, they came on board to help promote what they were doing and... and uh, the exhibit was all about seascapes and kind of a beautiful seascapes in New Zealand and also innovation and, and people doing things at the world's edge are really making a difference and getting out there and doing it. So these guys were kind of the perfect fit um, for that bit of homegrown talent. And we did some really cool stuff together, including a big street well, a mural on the waterfront with BMD and a sustainable dinner using all the kind of seafoods that we don't normally consider to, to eat and kind of raising awareness about pollution and lifestyle and just being more mindful um, and doing it in a really fun way, which is, is kind of a key component of what these guys do. So so it was a nice time with them and I'm actually uh, trying to keep that, keep that relationship going because it's something I'm quite passionate about too. And uh, I had them come and stay with us down in New Plymouth too for the surf festival. They did some cool work down there. Um, and uh, and now more recently this podcast and 
uh, trying to help out with their ball coming up too, which is really cool. It's already sold out, as Cam will, will talk to, so you need to get in quick for the next one, but they've got plenty of other things to, to get excited about. And uh, it was a beautiful day, start of the week, when I walked down to their new, this new office at the top of Queen Street in Auckland here, a beautiful view over the city, and, and uh, the whole place was sustainable. It's quite cool. You kind of walk up these little stairs and this beautiful view over the city and there's people living there and uh, all this reclaimed timber and woods and um, and they're doing some work on the decks outside too. But they had people, they got uh, some of the interns and stuff living there as well to pay for the rent. And uh, it feels like you're kind of camping in the middle of the city, but you've used this kind of urban uh, oasis. <laughs> and uh, Sam was up there too, the founder. Yeah. Uh, Sam was named Young New Zealander of the Year a couple of years back. Um, and uh, him and Cam and one other, James it is, um, they found a sustainable coastline. It's quite a cool story how it started. Yeah, it was a beautiful day and we had a chat and uh, Sam unfortunately had to rush off. He was doing a tree planting out at Waiheke with some of the kids out there, which is really cool. And these guys kind of practice what they preach. Um, and uh, it's really kind of down-to-earth uh, organisation, but it works very cool. But today the weather is not so flash. It's been uh, raining all morning in Auckland. And uh, it kind of brought me back to one of the facts we talked about, which was, I don't think many people know this, 46% um, of rivers in New Zealand are not fit to swim in, like you'll get sick if you swim in them. And then on a day like today when it's raining, it goes up to 86, I believe, 86, 87 um, which is just bananas to think <laughs> all this pollution runoff um, goes downstream into the waterways, and and that's the thing. No matter what you do, if, if it all kind of it all kind of ends up somewhere, and you forget about that sometimes, and, unless you're actually um, in the rivers or you're you're kind of seeing a a bird be cut open and picked out all this rubbish out of its belly. Um, it's uh it, it it's it's quite sad and grounding and we both come from advertising backgrounds and there's this you know it's an amazing campaign the new zealand 100 percent pure but it's uh far from the truth we're pretty lucky where we are but um as it's been taken for granted somewhat and there's plenty more we can do i mean uh the we, we cover it across in the podcast but the idea of buying bottled water in New Zealand when it's just free and it's abundant everywhere it's it's bananas <laughs> to it's and the advertising behind it's always so good uh, that's that's kind of part of the problem but um there's plenty of hope there there's plenty of solutions and uh these guys are an amazing example of it so we cover off everything from you know some strategies, what what their ethos is, how you can kind of rebrand green as well. The the idea of environmental work, how um, you know a, a more innovative approach and less bu uh, bucket rattling and more kind of creating community and adventure and fun, um, and uh, reasons why uh, how to order whiskey without a straw, why you should do that. Um, uh, how they got Jack Johnson to do one of their beach cleanups, um, and how Bangladesh and Rwanda are beating us in the plastic bag movement, which is <laughs> bizarre. So it, so it can be done, and, and these guys are getting it done. They're not just helping out New Zealand. They're, 
they're kind of creating this awareness throughout the world too. They've got programs all over the place. So, so I've dug their work for some time. I hope you do too, and, and I hope you get something uh, out of the conversation. Without further ado, here's uh, Camden Howitt from Sustainable Coastlines over a cup of 8.30 coffee in this urban camping environment. So sustainable. Enjoy. You can make angels I've seen it with my own eyes You gotta be careful when you got good love Cause the angels will just keep on multiplying All right, so we've got Cam here from Sustainable Coastlines. The guy's rounding out some beers. So Sam's, they're off to the tree planting in Waiheke. Absolutely. We've got a couple of kids actually that we're helping out today. Uh, they're pretty inspired little people that are actually running their own tree planting event. Oh, uh, there's cool. six of them turning up. It's a huge day for them. Uh, but we're helping them out with some health and safety and I suppose some guidance on how to do things best from what we've learned. Yep, cool. So what's... So someone that's listening for the first time to you guys, what? how would you sum up sustainable coastlines in maybe a few, a few sentences? <laughs> I can sum it up in six words. Oh, can you? We've, we've been developing <laughs> our strategy and, and our vision and mission and things recently. We've done a lot of, I suppose, a lot of uh, planning for the future because we're in a very uh, sort of important expansion period at the moment. But if I was to sum it up in six words, inspired people, healthy waters and beautiful beaches. That's our vision. Um, that's what we, we want to see. That's our blue skies vision is we want those, those three things. Um, and everything we do angles towards that. Uh, our, our mission, I suppose, is to, I suppose to inspire people to look after the places that we love. And that's really around getting people connected with our beaches. And we do that through education. And we also do that through hands-on events and getting people connected and caring about our waterways. And that's through education again and through tree planting events. So some really, really easy, tangible, simple actions that people can take part in and then education and awareness around the day-to-day behaviours that are causing the types of issues that we're seeing on our, on our beaches and, and in our waterways. Yeah, because I know last time you talked, Powerful Chris, about um, like the beach cleanups being really good, but they're not the biggest problem it's the the routines, the day-to-day actions, like what would yeah. be the kind of biggest thing you're trying to tick off or get people to change or, or be aware of? It would really be about making better decisions on what we consume. And that's that's consuming can be something that's free, like a, a straw given to you and you drink at the bar or a plastic bag given to you for free at the supermarket. You know, that, that, that free tag doesn't mean that there's no cost and... Those, there's a real disconnect between those two things, right? So plastic bags, for example, we've picked up over 91,000 of those off our beaches in New Zealand. I know that figure because I've just been looking through some of our data recently. And they are horrible in the marine environment. They're, they're horrible in any environment. Mm. I believe in South Africa, the plastic bag is sort of overtaking the protea as the, the new national flower because there's so many of these plastic bags floating around, they get trapped in trees and they look from a distance like they're flowers. But uh, on closer inspection, the trees are riddled with plastic bags. And so, you know, wherever plastic bags are, they're lightweight, they're purpose-built to be blown around and to travel, mm. and uh, they make it into our waterways because the ocean's downstream from everywhere. So, 
you know, making decisions that r remove these sorts of problems from the environment are, are on the shoulders of everyone uh, because we all have the ability to decide to say no to plastic bag, a straw, bring our own bag instead. Don't buy bottled water. We can drink water out of the tap yeah. in New Zealand. You know, that, that's, for me, that is one of the most successful <laughs> and irritating marketing campaigns that we've ever had in New Zealand is, you know, marketing things to us that we don't need like water. It's a basic human right, and we have it in our taps, and it's free. It's, yeah. it's not it's not free everywhere, but it, for most people, it's free, and <laughs> yet we pay this exorbitant amount of money for you know plastic wrapped water, um, and it's sold to us from some of our our own rivers. So it's uh yeah it's quite it's quite an interesting thing. We have the ability to decide where we consume and where we make our own uh, our own voting with our wallet, they call it. Mm. You know, so it's about single-use plastic products, really, things that are used once um, and thrown away or littered. Yeah, uh, you're coming from an advertising background. I think you just get so many steps removed, even... Mm. Yeah, to the, and especially in New Zealand when everything yeah. is so accessible. And I noticed in Rwanda even, there's, they've kind of gone plastic bag-free fully, <clears> like... Mm -hmm. So what what's probably stopping are you guys pushing to try and get a campaign through like that at all or I mean, is it like need to come from the top down or is it like let's start with the consumer and just do our part and then hopefully things will change at the top or I, I believe all you know all levels of action for these problems are necessary what what our stance is and my stance is, is that you know we as the consumers can hold the power and mm. the power is in our wallet and when we say no to a certain product and if everyone says no, no, no manufacturer is going to create that if there's no demand, right? Mm -hmm. um, the you know there are a lot of people, and we get this a lot, um, saying you know why aren't you lobbying government, telling them to ban it, telling them to um, put levies on it, and th that sort of things? Why aren't you um, lobbying industry to to change um, their processes and things? And that's fair enough. But for us, we focus on the simple, tangible, grassroots actions that people can take. Uh, there are other organisations out there doing advocacy and lobbying work, but we're not one of them. Mm. We're, uh, we're apolitical, uh, so we don't get involved in, in lobbying and petitioning and things for policy change. Uh, we work with, we have to work with any government that's in power uh, because we work with Department of Corrections, we work with Department of Conservation, we work with the Ministry of Education, and we don't want to not be able to work with those mm -hmm. with those departments. Um, so there's no way that we're going to, uh, I suppose, muddy the waters by um, necessarily telling the politicians what to do. But n I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just our stance on it, and we we decide that, you know, we want to create a really simple model for people to follow, and that is, you know, individual actions can make a big change. Uh, lots of people doing these things together can have a huge impact. I know that in Rwanda and, and Bangladesh and a bunch of places where you wouldn't necessarily think of them as leaders in the green space, they've been able to ban plastic bags through necessity um, because of the problems caused by, by single-use plastics, and in particular plastic bags. I know that uh, in Bangladesh's case, it was because they were clogging up drains and um, enhancing the effects of flooding. Uh, so it's 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 pollution really has this, you know, probably a tag of being unsightly, but it's so much more than that. You know, it can cause real environmental issues. Um, it can exacerbate natural disasters. It can also really have impacts on human health, which is a really really big one. 
And so when we when we find out these things, we we like to bring that information to the public, and that's the biggest thing that we do. Well, come in if you if you need. We're <laughs> in the new sustainable or te temporary headquarters. I mean, you're building one on the foreshore as well, right? Yeah, so we, we've got our office up here in Upper Queen Street in Auckland. Um, fantastic view, beautiful yeah, fantastic day out view. here. Yeah. Beautiful view of the of the motorways. It's quite nice to look over there and know that I don't have to go sit on that traffic. <laughs> um, often I'm, I'm either on the bus or biking um, down, down the road. Sustainable transport. Yeah, trying my best to, to live the, the message as well. Yeah. And I think uh, where we are is really interesting. We've built a, a space which, is, which we're sitting in, which um, mm -hmm. is... Really, most of it's out of demolition waste, which is quite an interesting topic in itself. <laughs> um, but you know, a huge contributor to landfill in New Zealand. I think yeah. it's over four hundred thousand tons of 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 demolition and construction waste go to landfill in New Zealand each year. You know, that's that's holes in the ground that you know we don't get that back. Mm. Um, that's waste and wasted energy in our minds. So we've we went to the to the uh, demolition of a of a block at Avondale. Uh, college, I believe, or Avondale School, uh, a couple of years back when we were setting this place up and salvaged a bunch of beautiful doors and uh, timber framing and, and even a Cody uh, bookshelf, uh, remove floorboards. All of that was going to landfill. Um, so we've salvaged that, used that as well as a bunch of reject grade plywood um, and made a bunch of, of rooms in this in this office space, which our interns live in and cover our rent. So, <laughs> I mean, That's I think, cool. uh, you know, part of that conversation is about demolition and construction ways. The other part of it's about, you know, the, the necessity for, uh, for social innovation or social enterprise really and, and innovation in the charity space because, you know, that there is a lot of competition for the charity dollar. Mm. Um, New Zealand has more charities per capita than any country in the world. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we've got something like twenty-seven thousand registered charities in the country, and so that's that's a lot of people vying for the same grants, the yep. same sponsorship dollar, the same everything that that goes into charity funding. I mean, there was a really good article on national radio the other day about um, what was it called? That was a really good term for essentially being mobbed uh, by bucket rattlers. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's something that we've wanted to avoid was, you know, clogging up the, the, the city, the city street, um, corners with, with bucket rattling where we actually can innovate and do things differently to raise the funding that we need to, you know, fill, fulfill our charitable purpose. Yeah. Well, I see you've got, you've had things like Jack Johnson promoting your beach cleanups and well, there's yeah. this do-good dating thing we were talking about before and in alignment yeah. with that and yeah. cool kind of fun initiatives that you want to be part of and then you just happen to be doing something good as well, like meeting cool people, getting free food, yeah, yeah, seeing Jack or um, because you've got the ball coming up too, which is a big one for yeah. you, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, we've got our charity ball coming up on the 29th of August. Uh, Doug right here, well, he might not tell you, but he's just donated a couple of beautiful artworks for that. So that's really cool and we've had... Really fantastic support from donors who have given us artworks and uh, packages, uh, products that they that are aligned with what we talk about. Uh, you know, like a cool trip out to the the Poor Nights Island um, oh, with wow. with a with a five hundred dollar voucher for this awesome Atlantis dive gear that we've been sponsored, and it's it's something that aligns with our values because we you know we love the ocean, mm. but getting other people out there to do that and raising money via that is just this perfect this perfect sort of storm of of uh something that we i suppose 
we, we try to remove um, any fundraising activities that are not aligned with what we, we personally and as a charity believe in. You know, selling products that are aligned with our cause and giving people experiences that are aligned with connecting them back to nature while raising money is, in our mind, a really good way to go about that and funding our charitable purpose. So, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's plenty of other sort of um, ways that we're trying to survive in this, in this, in this market. We, we launched in the middle of the recession, you know. In 2000 and... In, in 2009, like yeah. um, early 2009, so... You were from the get go, because yep. Sam, yep. yourself, yeah. So Sam and myself were around since the beginning. Sam uh, was surfing in the Galapagos Islands in yep. early two thousand and eight with uh, with our other co founder uh, James Bailey, and they managed to collaborate with a bunch of fishermen and national parks workers and volunteers and bring a whole bunch of people together uh, after having seen a bunch of rubbish on beaches and pulled a lot of people together that don't normally work together. Uh, in a quite a sort of toxic political environment over there to do just something simple like a hands-on beach cleanup, and then coming back to New Zealand, um, Sam arrived, and I was at the end of my days working in advertising, <laughs> being the recession jobs were going. And, I didn't realize you were advertising. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I, so I was advertising for about four years, yeah. and that's sort of my communications background. And Sam arrived back and sort of didn't have anywhere to stay, didn't have any any money. And um, ended up sleeping on my couch for about three months. And what, while this was happening, you know, I was I had very little work. I'd already actually resigned, and I had a month or so left in my to work out at my mm. advertising agency. And so I ended up doing our logo and our first T-shirts and posters and um, website and things like that when we first started up. And uh, we had this amazing cleanup on Altea, Great Barrier Island, and went out there to. Um, clean up and that was the that was the start but it was tough because you know two years on from that neither of us were being paid still oh, uh, well, two years so you know uh, Sam and I both you know worked huge hours and then on the side had to try to find ways to make money um, Sam did some hospitality did some did some he was a kinner uh, commercial kinner diver for a while <laughs> um, and we we eventually uh, we eventually made it work, but it was a, yeah it was a tough few years definitely. Yeah. Um, I spent all my savings uh, that I was gonna use to do a, an OE, but I decided this was more important. I was more passionate about this and than than just traveling. So yeah, yeah spent all my savings um, until two years later we could figure out a way to put ourselves on minimum wage and and sustain it. And now we have yeah now we have eight staff full time and we're we're expanding as well so it's a very exciting time for us that's awesome man that i guess you have to be passionate about it to put that time in or to have those years of work without any kind of reward and i think you kind of it's easy to forget about that you see you guys in the paper or talking about sam on tv with the radar or whatever and you think it's all pretty glamorous and then yeah i mean behind the scenes you've uh Put in it's, the hours to. Oh, it's it's full grassroots. I mean, we we started up, um, like I say, in the recession, and it was yeah, it's really sleeves rolled up, yep. um, getting hands on, and we just started running big events. And I suppose what the way that we did it was we just sort of said, look, let's just go do it. You know, we we knew our stuff enough to be able to pull things off mm. on a big enough scale to then get media attention, and that media attention got us into some some connections with 
with more media and then with some the corporate world and then eventually the way that we actually made it work and this is sort of back to that social enterprise is really that people started calling us up and saying hey look you know I, I saw you guys on the news and um, I'd really like to take my staff out on one of those sort of cleanups that you guys cool. do they look like fun and they are fun and it was it was like okay well absolutely we'll, we'll do that but uh, this is a team building exercise for you guys and this is also a great CSR activity and that that became a product essentially so we, you know we, we charge for our time like anyone would do mm. when a, when they're you know, running a corporate service and and those groups get a lot out of it we get really really good feedback on that it's really good for staff engagement staff retention and generally for people getting getting involved hands-on in an environmental activity while having an awesome time so we started doing that uh, quite early in our operations and that enabled us to to survive and then those corporate uh, relationships sometimes turned into sponsorships and we have you know a really good set of, of sponsors now that support us as well as writing grants and we have uh, good donations come in from the public too which is really good we don't we don't like to push people for donations because again that bottle uh, that um that bucket rattling we don't necessarily like that as an image uh it's sort of it feels like you're invading people's personal space essentially mm. when they're walking down the street they're on their way somewhere um to, to make them feel bad for not donating is not really what we <laughs> want but uh, if people want to donate, then that's fantastic. Uh, you can do so through our website, www.sustainablecoastlines.org. But it's it's something that we don't push because we like to be able to innovate to survive, and that's because we've had to. Yeah, I think that is the new wave of kind of business model where it's like Tom's shoes, it's one for one, or you're getting, I mean, that corporate thing's awesome. If you've got a workplace, obviously, uh, get in touch. I mean, that sounds really cool. Um, yeah, and just being... Like you said, I, I listened to the guys from Beyond Meat and they were trying to create a product that wasn't, they didn't want to guilt trip people into eating vegetarian or vegan or they mm -hmm. just wanted to make a better product. So you look at it, it'd be cheaper, more nutrients, yeah, just a better choice. And then the ethical thing kind of just happens to be a byproduct of it, which, yeah, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. I quite like that uh, that sort of angle on it too, which I think you're, you're right. Is it's sort of, we don't necessarily market ourselves as environmentalists in fact we never we never refer to ourselves as environmentalists although you would say that we are yeah um we don't we don't use the word sustainability or even sustainable apart from in our name sustainable coastlines <laughs> which is great for uh for seo by the way <laughs> for, for google rankings but um we don't do that and we don't use the word green or anything either because we're actually really about you know getting people together and having a really good time while doing things that connect people with nature such as you know having an adventure going out on a boat going out to great barrier island a big part of that for a lot of the people that turned up to our first event was not necessarily the fact that they were going to a beach cleanup it was the fact that they were going on this awesome adventure and they just so happened to be cleaning up the beach and doing something really good for the environment while they were at it and in the barbecue that night we had uh friendly pack gave us a bunch of the potato plates so you could actually oh, nice. you know you have the barbecue and then you eat the plate afterwards because it's made <laughs> of potatoes there's no single use plastic there yeah. so it's it's almost subversive in the way that it's um marketed but it's not it's not trying to trick anyone it's really just trying to flip you know what people thought of as the environmental movement as you know hippies and people who only ate lentils and mm. all this and not there's nothing wrong with any of that but it's just the the image of of environmentalism in my opinion was was wrong and i think we're getting there now where it's become more mainstream yeah. and i suppose we like to sort of say that we're rebranding green 
uh, essentially make it about fun, make it about adventure, get people involved for whatever reason, you know, pulls at their heartstrings. And it might be the music that we play after our event. It might, might be because we got Jack Johnson to come to the Pihar cleanup that everyone turned up. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily mind because they came to the beach cleanup. <laughs> yeah. You know, it might be the barbecue afterwards that got the kids to turn up and bring their parents and their whole whole along. But they came, and they did that. And and we we always want to have you know uh, multiple reasons for someone to turn up to an event, and that means you get a really broad demographic that, that turns up. That's really cool. I think yeah, it's meeting people halfway. I mean, my yoga teacher used to say you'd you'd market to the body and then teach to the heart. You can get get people there with whatever reason, like yeah. fancy lycra or maybe you know meeting hot chicks or whatever it is. <laughs> like any excuse to get there, and then yeah. then you'll have an amazing experience and and get yeah you get to yeah it's really meet important. that community and yeah, and I think developing that. So two two things that we we're really interested in is developing a a real connection to to nature, you know, getting off screens mm. and off TVs and outside and reconnecting with the spaces that we we love and that are really important to us as long as we remember that they're there. Uh, that and then building a sense of, you know, of self efficacy. You know, I can make a difference, um, and that's really around. Uh, and that's you know sounds a bit you know fluffy that term and it's it is kind of but the the reality of that is it's it's about people realizing that when they turn up to an event and there's you know fifty other people there you know either picking up rubbish or planting trees or something they can see at the end of that the huge difference that makes and it's like that I don't feel alone in my actions mm. situation where you're supported by the other people around you. So, you know, the example is, you know, you go and do a beach cleanup by yourself and you might come back with this half bag of rubbish and think, you know, what was the point? I've spent several hours and I'm tired or whatever. Mm. But with all those other people around you, you not only have that bigger result, you get that photo of the pile of rubbish that we've found and you feel like you've made a real difference, but you have that support around you and you meet people and there's that mm. sense of community as well. So those, those things are really important. And there's the social pressure element involved in that too that the more you get a critical mass of people involved the more other people are like oh man all my friends are going to these environmental <laughs> events but i don't really i don't really do it is there something wrong with that nah. yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it's not something wrong with you but it's just it's a it's another social pressure to get involved because it's a and it's a positive thing yeah they're saying that with coachella too it's like a business person can turn up there and it's cool to pick up rubbish and trade fruit for hugs or what and, and they'll be like <laughs> wanting to fit in and and then these yeah. behavior patterns emerge i think like you say when you're actually at the beach like you're you're not just seeing something to click online and donate you're actually there you're, you're, you're experiencing it yeah. like we'll so lucky into new zealand in new zealand that most people probably get out to a batch and go fishing and kind of quite connected but it's easy quite to to lose touch with that and to see just all the pristineness and forget about yeah yeah there's people doing some hard work behind the scenes or it's not as clean as we think it is well that that's an important point is that sort of image that we have of ourselves as as a as as a again back to marketing mm. it's a marketing campaign that New Zealand has very successfully run I think it's probably one of the most successful tourism marketing marketing campaigns in the world is that hundred percent um, pure New Zealand. Mm. And it's very memorable, but it's so memorable that as New Zealanders, we think we are 100% pure and 100% clean and green. That is not the issue. That is not the, uh, you know, the, the truth. 
for example, you know, 46% of our, of our lowland rivers are unsafe for swimming. So that's unsafe for human health. Like you'll get sick if you swim in them <laughs> at all times, 46%. If it rains, so if you live in New Zealand and you're listening to this, you know that it rains a lot, <laughs> that number goes up to 83%. That's so, dairy runoff mainly, or is it? It's a lot of things. Sewage. It's a lot of things, and and that's and that's I suppose one of the important points with freshwater restoration is, you know, it it isn't just dairy. It is dairy. It is sheep and beef. It mm. is any type of farming activity that essentially adds a bunch of nutrients into the into the waterways. But it's also deforestation. You know, it's it's erosion. It's soil getting into the waterways. It's urban lifestyles. So it's people. You know. Um, driving cars <laughs> mm. that you know brake dust is is huge and, and terrible for water quality you know it's um it's choices with what we use at home for cleaning products it's people choosing to eat products that are not organic which mean that a whole bunch of pesticides get used on them and wash into waterways so it's not mm. i suppose the important thing is to look at it as you know not necessarily pointing the finger at one person it's pointing the finger at all of us and saying we all have this joint responsibility for the for the cleanliness of our waters and if to bring it back to human health you know if, if we're swimming in our rivers in summer and 46 percent of our of our lowland sites are too polluted to swim and that's a figure from the ministry from the for the environment from a Probably couple of years low. back and i would say that's conservative yeah. and uh and that's based on e coli so that's crap <laughs> but there's well, literally it's yeah a and, shitty there, but problem. There, and there are uh, yeah shitty problem so there are other impacts as well that, that are not just about the e coli in there there's the heavy metals yeah. there's there's the the nutrients that are in there that are you know are overloading our systems and so in the end it comes back to us because about a about a third of auckland's water comes from the waikato river and that costs a lot of money to filter out all the all of the stuff mm. there's like a, a a um a three step filtration system before it gets to us and that costs millions of dollars so you know it costs money it's bad for health and I suppose we we uh we connect people to that by telling them these things but then getting them down there and solving them you know planting trees beside rivers is a great thing yep. and making decisions on buying organic over non organic are, are two easy steps we can take yeah it's tough with like have you seen the film Cowspiracy? No, it's really good. But it talks about like the true cost of a Big Mac if you incorporated the pesticides, the runoff from the farms. All you know, the price would be three, four times what it is. Yeah. So you're actually paying. Yeah. It's not you're true offloading. Life. Yeah, it's not a true cost. Yeah. You're offloading all this other cost to the consumer, to the yeah. environment, to the government. To I mean, let's like say what's the. I think there's a lot of false economies in the in consumption, mm. and it's because we don't have, I suppose, a lot of the rules that are available overseas. Germany and Belgium are really good models for sustainability. A lot of the Scandinavian countries are doing really innovative things, but New Zealand's not. And I think that pressure needs to come from us as consumers as well. Um, you know, we, we, we decide that we don't want these products. Mm. And, uh, and, the, and the other way is, um, from the top level, is that there's uh, extended producer responsibility schemes that those European countries have often been able to enact that have a big impact as well so you know those things need to be attacked from all angles but we talk about consumption and about you know what is what is necessary um and what is what are the easy actions we can take mm. and those are 
the really simple everyday things like choosing how you get to get from A to B, um, deciding you just say no to a straw and you drink. I actually ask yeah. at a bar, I say, can I have a, um, a whiskey and soda with no straw, please? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's people that. look at you a bit weirdly, but that's, you know, you want that to become the new normal, so yeah. you just got to keep doing it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. What, so if there was one, let's say there's one thing that people could do or like would have that maybe the biggest impact, is, is there anything that kind of stands out? Just to know that as an individual that you you have the power to make that huge difference, and that's you know that that might seem a bit vague, but it's it's really about deciding that you can make a difference, and that there's this quite cheesy phrase that says "be the change you want mm. to see," and instead of sort of waiting for some government or some industry body to make the decisions for you, is make the decisions yourself, and the people around you will see that, and you'll create a bit of a snowball effect, and I think that. That start. I feel like that's starting to happen already with uh, a bunch of other organisations that are out there doing grassroots work um, on the consumer level, like conscious consumers. I really admire what they do. They're starting to promote and and celebrate all of the different con- consumption decisions that we can make that have a big difference. And I think that's really where it's at is is making decisions and knowing that they are impactful. And that's something that we like to like to push uh, it really hardens me when we go into schools and that's a big part of what we do is education in schools and we talk about we, we ask kids you know what are they doing at home what are they doing at school and the kids have the answers these days and they're growing veggies at school a lot of them have veggie gardens at home and these are these are kids often in poor communities when we when we, we like to go and go into lower decile schools and I'm, I'm hardened by the fact that they have those programs going it's because there's a whole bunch of people pushing for it mm. and we need to all push for these things to happen you were talking about you know health in schools and getting standing desks in there and introducing movement and and your yoga and things like that i think the more of these creative cool ideas that we can get into young people will you'll just create a culture throughout a whole generation of everything that is good being normal as opposed mm. to everything that is good being kind of for the for the marginal yeah. kind of hippie guy at school that no one really talks to or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, it needs to be normal. And that's, that's what I think is going to make the big changes. Yeah. I think it's almost cool. I just gravitate. I just see cool people doing <clears throat> cool things. It's like, yeah. Fashionable. Maybe it's even, you know, celebrities or it's just people you respect and admire. And then, and you just gravitate towards that because it's such a, such a powerful kind of honest image as well. Yeah. But, yeah. And that, that does help getting getting some big names behind mm. causes like this does help too. Yeah. Uh, and we know that when we had Jack Johnson on board, that was that was super cool yeah. for getting people involved and into it. And he's been a big supporter of ours and our uh, our Hawaiian branch. So we we're an international uh, we have international chapters now that I suppose are seeing this model and taking it on. And those you know that sort of support from celebrities and ambassadors is is really important too. I suppose it just makes people think, you know, this is a cool thing to be involved mm. in. And it is, you know, it's beautiful. And you've got to take off shortly. I mean, we've got we're probably over time already, are we? We've got about, we've got a couple more minutes. So okay, we'll, um... cool. Um, what about, uh, is there any kind of films, docos, links, maybe it's just personal ones you like or anything that you kind of recommend? I definitely recommend checking out the, uh, the message from Midway or Midway Atoll. So if you can just like Google or go on YouTube and look for Midway Atoll and look for Chris Jordan and he's done a, a trailer for a film that I believe he's still working on that is about the 
I suppose it's that concept of away. You know, when you say, you know, I'm throwing something away, where is away? Away is really the centre of the ocean um, because of the way ocean currents work. Essentially what happens is we have these accumulation zones in the middle of our oceans and uh, this place called Midway Atoll is in the northwest Hawaiian Islands and you can really visualise how that's uh, impacting wildlife and, and the environment there through through that. So look that up. It's it's a huge, the imagery and, and film that is in that makes up a big, uh, an important part of our our educational presentations when we talk about litter and plastic. Cool. Uh, it's some shocking and, and very moving sort of imagery. So that's that's a good one to check out. So I'll throw that in the show notes. And um, as an advertising guy, if you had one, this is a Tim Ferriss question actually, but if you had <laughs> one uh, big billboard you could throw outside the office here or Main Street, downtown Auckland, what what would it say, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you put me on the spot there. Uh, what would it say? I, w- I was going to say um, be the change you want to see, but I think that's too cheesy. I need to figure out something else. I, I quite there's a, Maybe to sort of like shirk that question and say like yeah. a, a quote that I really like that I that I do use a bit is um, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try sleeping in a room with a mosquito. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I really like that because yeah. I, th- I suppose like, we, you know, environmental problems can seem really daunting. Uh, you know, we... We've started this, and the more we know, the more we know that we need. There's a huge need for the work that we're doing everywhere we go. We know there's an issue with waste and with water quality, and but we don't let that get too big and daunt us. So anything that you're tackling, you know, think about that. Um, if you think you're too small to make yeah. a difference, try sleeping in the room with a mosquito. Yeah, you I really, love that. yeah, you really, you really just need to start, do something, um, and. And it'll snowball, snowball from there if you can get the right people behind you, the right, you know, the right brand, um, and the right messaging. Then cool. I think you can you can do whatever it is you're setting out to achieve. Yeah, it's gonna get started, eh? Yeah. Um, and so the the podcast was kind of about people doing things, which I think you guys are an awesome example of, but also about kind of what makes people happy too. So. Mm. So, I mean, you've got this vision of what the country could be like, but what might be like a perfect day for you at sustainable <laughs> coastlines or that, you know, like what, is it being out on the beach surfing? Is it, um, like what's a perfect day or yeah, that's a good, smile to your face? That's a good question. I mean, Auckland, uh, we, 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 we live and work in Auckland because it's so close to some really, really beautiful spots. I think that I would head out to, and this is something that we try to do. Uh, our staff, we have a good culture of being able to get out of the office when the surf's good. Uh, so, you know, I'd head out, if it was good on the West Coast, we'd, we'd head out to Pihar or Bethel's or O'Neill's or Mutawai or Māori Bay or, you know, Karikari or Whatapu, any of the wicked spots that we've yeah. got. And that's like one thing I'm amped on is just the beauty of what we have around Auckland here. Uh, head out there for a surf come back in, maybe a bit of coffee. We, we have a, we're pretty happy with the uh, sponsorship we've got through 8.30 Coffee. They hook us up with a kg of coffee every oh, coffee beans every oh, week. Nice. Um, and then uh, and then I'd say get out to Rangitoto Island um, for, for a clean-up and, a, and a, a barbecue halfway through. This is something that we offer often, and we've had a lot of people take us up on this as well as we've run a lot of community events out there. But I love being on the ground doing that. You know, as, as the organisation grows, more and more you have to be behind a computer and organising how you upscale things and, and um, you know, getting your finances right, getting your documentation right, all those things that, you know, you don't, 
you don't necessarily love, but they're a necessary part of running and growing organization. Mm. But getting out and on the ground, uh, doing a talk in a school, um, being able to get out of the office and go for a surf when it's good, uh, being able to go out for you know a spearfish if it's good as well. Those things are what keep us passionate and into it. And then being on the ground on a beautiful spot like Rangitoto Island, which is amazing, but also happens to be plastered with Auckland's rubbish. Uh, it's a bit of sweet sort of situation where it's it's actually really accessible to get out there and, and run an event. Ideally, we would not have any rubbish out there, but the fact of the matter is right now we do. And so getting out there to clean it up is fun, awesome. We, um, we often take corporate groups out there. So if you're listening and get in touch with us, we can organize something bespoke for you. But we also love taking school groups out there. We, and we've run events with up to sort of 1,200 people out there in a day. So for me... Oh. You know, getting out there as well as being able to have like some of that time in nature and in the in the water is is a perfect day. Beautiful. All right, we'll maybe wrap it up. There then be the mosquito. And, uh, <laughs> and so, what what's is there anything uh, you want people to quickly look at on your site or events? I mean, the bull sold out. The bull sold right, out, so got... I wasn't going to plug that too much. But yeah. um, but next year when we run our ball, buy your tickets quickly because we sold out six weeks before the ball this well, year. Good problem um, to have. Yeah, um, so we've got three hundred and fifty people coming along there, and yeah, it's pretty big. But we've got events on there, so check out www.sustainablecoastlines.org/events, um, and that way you'll see all of the stuff we've got coming up. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, we're still in our planting season. So we've got planning events, actually one this Saturday um, in Nelson. We've got a bunch coming up uh, through Whangarei and through in, in Raglan as well. Uh, so keep keep an eye on that events page. There's a bunch of things to see there and do. And then uh, in, if you're in Wellington, we've got a huge event series from October through to December this year. Uh, we also have a huge Monaco Harbour cleanup happening in uh, February, March. 2016 where we want to mobilize as many people as possible around that beautiful harbor to, to give cool. some love back so heaps coming up we're a hands-on action organization so we, we're always doing things so just keep an eye on that sign up to our mailing list we always send out yep. our events for that like you say not just new zealand international too so if you're looking yep. at if you're in hawaii yeah, or, yeah. Uh, yeah we're actually about to launch uh, a chapter in papua new guinea and a chapter in taiwan Oh, wow. uh, so if you're in either of those places, keep an eye out for us yeah. there. And and to be honest, anywhere you are, you, you can do this yourself as well. If you're interested in tree planting, check out loveyourwater.org. And if you're interested in beach cleanups, check out loveyourcoast.org. Those are community toolkits that we've built that have a bunch of sort of support documentation and videos and, and presentations, as well as the ability to create and list your own event in those spaces. So we've built those as... Essentially cool. to help people do do more of this work. Yeah, out of the people. Yeah. Totally. I love your work, Cam. Thanks for fitting me in. and uh, Cheers, mate. Remind me with a little <laughs> coffee here. and <laughs> It's all good. Um, yeah, check out those sites. And look forward to hearing, uh, hearing how it all goes and check out the ball in the next events. And yeah, mate. Awesome. And thanks, on. Thanks, for, thanks for including us on this as well, though. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Appreciate the time. <laughs> yeah, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope you dug it. Uh, it's a pleasure to hang out with those guys. Uh, Cam's a cool dude, and uh, their works their works awesome. And uh, make sure if you're in Nelson, you check out their their tree planting this weekend on Saturday, and and all their other events coming up. Um, yeah, 
as, as he says, you can be the mosquito, you can make the change, you just got to start somewhere. So, And uh, yeah, if you're looking at doing a team building exercise or a company, get, get in touch too. Their events are really good fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I've also included the link to the Midway film in the show notes. I actually watched it last night. I think I might have seen it once before, but it really is. It's beautiful. Really, it's beautiful. It's just the trailer to the film, but um, really eye-opening and and unfortunately seagull opening or bird opening. But I mean, it's uh, kind of it just shows where all the rubbish goes. Goes somewhere. The true cost of it, but um, it doesn't cost a lot of time. It's it's only a couple of minutes long. It's worth it's worth your time. And also, if, I know you can't get to the ball. Uh, but that's okay, get in next year. Um, and the works, I'm actually putting up the World's Edge works. You can still purchase those uh, off-site. Um, if you go to World's Edge, I'll, I'll put the URL in the show notes as well. So I'm going to keep those that exhibit running in, on half the profits from those going back to sustainable coastlines. So if you feel like getting arty and charitable, you're welcome to check those out. Um, and uh, any last notes I'm trying to think of? I think that's uh, I think that's about it. Have a have a fabulous weekend if you're listening to this on Friday. Order your whiskey without a straw, and uh, look forward to having you uh, tuning in again soon. And again, if you dug it, um, feel free to write us a review and uh, share with your friends. That's the best the best thanks I could get. And I uh, hope you dug the song by. Alice Christensen, so it's a couple of Jack Johnson, Angel, super beautiful. Um, I've just kind of used it without her permission, but <laughs> she's a bit unhappy. I'll get my brother to do a cover as well. So, um, but yeah, don't wait for permission, don't wait for things to happen. Just get out there and do it yourself. Be the mosquito, and uh, we'll uh, have you tuning in soon. Enjoy. Au revoir. Think less, experience more. Gotta be careful when you got good love Cause the angels will just keep on multiplying But you're so busy changing the world Just one smile and you could change all of mine We share the same soul We share the same soul oh, oh, oh. We share the same soul oh.